Welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast, where two generations of owls, Michael the dad, me, and Hank the son, discuss the latest in movies, plays, books, video games, and more. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast. I am your co-host, Michael Owl, and I am here with... Hank Owl. Hank Owl, how's it going today, man? It's going really well. It's Oscar Sunday, the day we've been waiting for since February of last year. It is indeed Oscar Sunday, and what a good day. It's a gorgeous day here in Atlanta, Georgia. Yes, you know one thing we uh, we didn't really talk about on our big Oscar podcast that if you haven't already checked out, listener, you should. You should indeed. Check out, it's a very good podcast, uh, is how they're like running it. Like, Are, are people going to be there in person? You know, we didn't really get into that. I don't know. Uh, I have not seen, I've only seen little bits and pieces here and there. I know, obviously, it's different than in years past, but, um, and I think they're doing something really different with the musical stuff, and maybe that's going on almost soon, I think, if what I saw in the TV guide thing was correct. Yeah, as our, I think we may be recording this podcast, I'm not sure about the timing, Oscar red carpet stuff may be going on right now. It might indeed be. And that stuff is kind of fun. I don't think Kind of annoying and kind of silly. I don't think we could take it for that long. (laughs) I don't think we could. I'm not missing it. I mean, back in the day, before remote controls, you would just have to sit there and watch it. You'd turn the TV off. (laughs) I probably would. Uh, You know, that stuff doesn't do much for me. It's occasionally fun, I guess. The older I get, the less I like it. I'm sure thinking about the way they're doing it that they i mean i imagine some people got to be virtual they can't have everybody in there that they would normally have in there no i i, I really don't know what it's gonna be like but we'll talk about that i guess on our next podcast kind of recapping uh but i don't want to spend a whole lot of time on that i just don't that's just not why we're into it right i used yeah, to like no. it first like every now and then you would get like a little like a moment of I don't know, advice to a young actor or a career insight or an artistic insight, you know, along with a superfluous, like, you know, who are you wearing? And you make your tuxedo and your dress and all that. But, you know, it seems like more and more rare. Hey, celebrity, pat this other celebrity on the back. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's thinking about, like, I saw this one meme, like it was the Jurassic Park thing. Like, hey, the Oscars are today. See, nobody cares. And that's how a lot of people <laughs> oh, are that's feeling. so funny. And then they're like, yeah, it's just celebrities patting back. But I don't think that's really what the Oscars is. I think that's what the Oscar red carpet is, but I don't think that's what the actual ceremony is. I mean, it's not just one thing either. Like like most things and most people, it's, you know, complicated. There's, you know, in one sense it is an industry patting itself on the back. But guess what? That's kind of fun and important. You know, it's fun to have a group, your own group of people is, you know, in this industry celebrating the industry. You know, that could be a beautiful thing and also a cynical, horrible thing. Yeah, so. but back on the subject of COVID concerns, like it kind of applies to movie filming as well. I saw that uh, The Flash, I believe, is starting filming this week or starting production this week. Oh, that's exciting. Now, that's any chance that's in Atlanta? I think that's in, uh, from the article I read, I think that's in some uk the united kingdom us that is not atlanta but yeah but uh, michael keaton who's reprising his role as batman and this is first kind of super real confirmation of that i mean it was comfort i'll I'll go into the story of it in a second um but he said that he he was going to filming because he's been assured that they're doing things properly coronavirus wise 
I imagine with the budgets they have, like everything is just fine. You know, they're doing it appropriately. Absolutely, yeah. But the story, because before it's like, okay, Michael Keaton is going to be playing Batman in this because the the Flash movie is dealing with the Flashpoint storyline, which has to do with Barry, this Ezra Miller Flash, going back in time and saving his parents, creating an alternate universe. So Michael Keaton will be the Batman of that alternate universe. But the story of in real life is that was confirmed a while ago. I think, yeah, like a long while ago, like more, definitely more than a year ago or possibly just a year ago. And, but then a couple of months ago, he had an article, he said that he may not do it because he's worried about COVID and the way he puts in this article, it's like, I don't want to do something if it could kill me for real. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I'm an actor playing a superhero. I do not actually need to risk my own life for this. Yes, but seems pretty reasonable. But now he is going to film. Good, very good. Are you, are you excited for this Flash movie at all? Not yet. Um, I will be by the time it comes out. I think, uh, <laughs> presuming they've done their great job of marketing, which I know they will. Uh, but no, not right now. It comes out in uh, November of 2022. Yeah, that's a little too far away for me to get excited about. Uh, but you know, I bet I will be. You know, Ben Affleck's Batman is also in this movie. I did not know that. Um, but with Flashpoint, I guess it could be any number of things going on, right? Because oh. what I know about Flashpoint is from the CW series, and I didn't really even watch that whole full season, I don't think. Uh, or maybe I didn't watch the one after it. But, you know, basically he makes a choice. We've got a whole new universe, and things don't go as as well as he intended. I think that's probably the gist of it, right? Yes, I think I don't think Ben Affleck's going to be a part of the Flashpoint of it. I think it's just to show that the Batman pre-Flashpoint is different than the Batman post-Flashpoint. So more like a, like a cameo scene, like the world before. Yeah, which is cool. I mean, it'll be fun. Come on, right? You know, probably won't be life changing, but we'll have a good time uh, seeing it and probably talking about it. And I, I like so Michael Keaton. I'm looking on the, the uh, IMDb right now, and it says Ron Livingston's playing Henry Allen. That is not who played him in, the, in Justice League, right? No, Justice League, it was a really good actor whose name I've forgotten. Um, the guy who played uh, Dr. Manhattan in... Yeah. Oh. Billy Crudup. Billy Crudup. Yeah, really good actor. I saw him on Broadway in an awesome play. Um uh, Whose name I've forgotten too. Golly, my brain is just not working right now. Yeah, but uh, other characters will be in this movie is Sasha Kale as Supergirl. Okay, I don't know who Sasha Kale is, but go team. Uh, I think I think they're kind of using this movie as kind of like a reboot thing, which just makes sense for the last one storyline. It was used as a reboot thing in the comics as well. So I is this getting everybody younger, basically? <laughs> I, th- I think I feel like Ron Livingston's a little bit younger than Billy Crudup, or at least looks like. You know, do you know Ron Livingston has work? I've heard the name. Before. He was in Office Space. He was the lead in that. Oh he yeah, was yeah, fantastic yeah. in that. That's a really funny movie. And uh, Swingers, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> Is that line? He's on. They're on the playing golf, and he's like, he goes, it <laughs> auditioned for a theme park job, and he's like. I got rejected for Snoopy or something like that. It's like, I played Hamlet last month and I was good. <laughs> That's, that feels very, uh, <laughs> 
Too real. Feels real. Very real. <laughs> All right. So let's. We're we're done talking about you, Speedy McGee. Let's move on <laughs> to. Um, let's move on to what we're actually here to talk about, which is the final in our series of not six but five because we missed a week. <laughs> series on Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It's here. The finale was here. It's we come, had it. How do you it's feel? It's come and gone. I don't know. Let me let me read the uh, the stuff for the episode, and then we'll get into what. Sounds good. Uh, the episode was called "One World, One People." It was directed by Kari Skogland or Kari Skogland, who has been the series director. It was episode was written by Malcolm Spellman and Joseph Sawyer. The show itself was created by Malcolm Spellman. The character of the Falcon was created by Gene Colan and Stan Lee. The character of Bucky Barnes and Captain America was created by Jack Kirby and Joe Simon. Malcolm Spellman is also the head writer on Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And the Winter Soldier was created by Steve Epting and Ed Brubacker. Okay, so now getting into how I felt about the episode, it was a little underwhelming, to be honest. I, I don't think they wrapped up everything is in the way i wanted them to wrap it up not not in the actual events of the plot but in the actual feeling that it was uh it was creating i mean it's still a, a decently good episode it's not my least favorite and it's much better than the wandavision finale but it's 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 okay it's okay. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel too. I disagree that it's better than the one the WandaVision finale, but I think the series as a whole that kind of feels it feels in this episode just kind of was kind of okay. It wasn't great. You know, it started off with this really long kind of fight scene, which I know you had talked about being worried that the whole thing was just going to be the kind of one long action thing and it kind of was. Your fears were, uh, you know, appropriate. It kind of kind of was. Um it wasn't a horrible episode. It wasn't an incredible episode. It was kind of like the series itself, and it was fine. I so, enjoyed it, but I can't say it was like good to great. It was it was fine. From you saying like the series itself, it makes me think that I like the show as a whole more than you do. You maybe. Did you like this better than One Division? Yeah. Okay, I did not. So yeah, <laughs> so. like the finale and some of. Some of the worst episodes, one division, like episode three and episode six, kind of bring that down to me. I don't really specifically remember those uh, episodes, but as a whole, when I think back of one division, I thought good show, and this, I think eh, it was okay. I think by episode six, I meant to say episode seven. I have the same reaction. <laughs> <laughs> but so let's let, let's go into this episode, I guess, a little bit more. We have this long fight scene where we got lots of plot lines to wrap up. Uh, in the, you know, previously on episodes, I mean, the previously on section before the episode where there's certainly lots of cool things they set up to happen. Uh, what did you think about how they resolved certain storylines? Uh, you can pick anyone you want. Uh, let's start with the Flag Smashers. Okay. Uh, I was, I was a little disappointed. I didn't really feel too much of an emotional payoff from Carly Morgenthau's death. No, I didn't really either. So their plan was to kidnap these people doing this vote and to use them as leverage, I guess, to stop the vote. Is that that was their plan, right? That was their plan, yes. So they go to where the vote is going to happen and they kidnap the folks and then that's where we kind of get our big kind of fight scene going on. No, I didn't really um, 
I wish they had done a better job. And I, I guess I'm I'm going back into the series whole thing. I really just need to focus on this episode probably, but I I wish I knew the Flag Smashers a little bit better and could root for them a little bit more uh, by having more time spent with them that wasn't just on the run or killing things. You know? Yes, and we actually paused this episode, I remember, like a couple minutes in, because it seems you had completely misunderstood <laughs> yeah. the Flag Smashers' motivations. Could you tell me what you thought they were? <laughs> so this is what I thought was going on. I thought that the Flag Smashers... I'm getting confused with what actually happened and what did happen. So this is, this is one of the things I thought. It was either right or wrong. You can tell me. I thought that after the blip, where people went away, that there was lots of uh, immigration and refugees... And then the, oh, I guess the blip is when they come back. So the snap, they go away. Half the population, half the animals, everything. Blip, they come back. And then society and countries are trying to figure out what to do with them. I thought that the Flag Smashers were representing the people that came back and are now like, where do we do? Where do we live? Where do we go? That kind of thing. And the truth of it is, the Flag Smashers were, I guess, working against the governments who were trying to reintegrate the people who were blipped. Yeah, because they were okay. reintegrating it at the cost of the people who were there the whole time. So the Flag Smashers say. Well, their, their thing is that, and I, I I, was able to root for them. I actually, I actually was able to root for the Flag Smashers a decent bit with the information that they gave us. Um, is that... Everyone went away. The snap happened. All these refugees from these different countries were able to successfully immigrate. Borders were eased up. They didn't really exist. One world, one people. And because they were were happy to have the countries were happy to have the the work and the people there. Half of everything just went away. Sure. Come on in. We got room now. But, But now when Hulk snaps back and all the people that were previously there come back the governments want to deport all the new people that came over during the five years that half people weren't there and that's what they're against gotcha all right now so i could intellectually get behind the flag smashers but i did not feel anything for them really yes and especially I i feel like the scene where carly died was used more to be like what sharon's the power broker yeah, I don't know. A couple of reviews that I've read about that keep they seem to forget that she was about to kill Falcon. Like that's when when Sharon killed with 13, the power broker. Ooh, the power broker big surprise. I think we all knew that. When she kills Carly Morgenthau, Carly Morgenthau is about to kill Falcon. And people every review I read that is kind of anti this episode in that moment forgets that like doesn't mention that at all and i I find that weird and you didn't mention it either so what's up with that well yeah it was (laughs) well i think obviously well sharon was pouncing on the opportunity to kill witnesses or Uh, she was also saving falcon's life well i think that was a less she was technically saving falcon's life i don't think that's why she was doing it she could have waited till she shot him yeah but then I don't know. <laughs> then I mean, I'm just saying, like, it's, it's, yes. Yeah. 
I I think the main motivation for her was to kill the witnesses, and she was able to have a good alibi, but that she was saving Falcon's life. Sure, I mean that's the way that's the way it reads. That's the way they want us to read it. But they're both true. Well, yeah. I don't know. I didn't like the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're more negative on this episode than I am. I am now. I don't think I was as negative. I just rewatched it, and I it, it didn't do much for me the second time. When did you rewatch it? While you were outside. Really? I was outside for the whole <laughs> episode of Falcon the Winter Soldier? It flies by. <laughs> so, I, I I don't know. I, I wish she was more interesting to me. I liked her in the like the Marvel movies. I thought she was a fun character. And she's turned dark, but she's also not that interesting. You mean Sharon? I do mean Sharon. <laughs> I don't know who else you'd be talking about, <laughs> but just wanted to clarify. So... Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I tell me more about what you liked about the episode. That that, that could help me. Uh, the Captain America suit on Sam looks really cool. I agree. We are in the minority on that opinion. I think, or at least, there's tons of stuff on the internet about how stupid it looks, including like the goggles and the ski goggles. Okay, it does. Look I thought that it looked great, fine. I thought it looked in that moment. I thought they set that up nicely. You know, he comes in the window. It has the thing, the music, da 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 da. You know, whatever. It was really cool. That looked awesome. So I like that. And he's got his suit from Wakanda. I saw a good post about how, like, if there's now going to be, there's going to be rumors that uh, Sam is actually Wakandan and wasn't born in the United States. <laughs> what is that? Well, that's a that's a joke about how people didn't think Obama was born in the United States. Oh, that's funny. And it also because like the shield is. <laughs> from Wakanda and the suit is from Wakanda. <laughs> I guess the shield isn't from Wakanda, but it's made with Wakandan metal. It's made with vibranium. Yeah. Because a metal found in Wakanda. Which is found in Wakanda, which in Wakanda is just arbitrarily drawn political lines in a country. I'm trying to end this because I'm a flag smasher. <laughs> <laughs> so it's found in the earth. That's where it's found. Uh. <laughs> okay, so I like that moment. Tell me another moment you liked. Um, I oh I I enjoyed uh, John Walker's involvement in this episode was my favorite. I really enjoy that character. Uh, my wish came true, and that he uh, will continue to be involved in the Marvel universe after this show. I liked how he kind of had the redemption. He could have gone after the Flag Smasher, but instead he attempted to save those people. Yeah. It, it seems, I mean, I like that moment too. I like the redemption. I wanted him to continue because I think he could be an interesting character. I hope he still has these whatever headaches kind of things or whatever he's having. He's kind of has these reactions. I hope he turns bad again. You know, that's where he's interesting or at least a, a more forceful version of willing to cross lines than maybe the real Captain America can't do. But I don't know. Like it seemed like they got over, they got over all the bad things he did pretty darn quickly. Yeah, I kind of did. But I, I, and I think that's it's that kind of thing that's maybe the problem with this show for me. It's like it could have been so much more and deeper and more exciting. And then I don't know. There seems like missed opportunities. I, I did enjoy how the Flag Smasher like flicked the shield and it broke. <laughs> that was pretty great. Because, yeah, making a, making a shield out of military metals is probably not the best idea. <laughs> no, it's not. And also, did you notice this? That like when like the. I don't know if a flag smasher or Carly's pushing the shield against him and he sees the metal in the shield. Yeah, what was up with that? <laughs> I did see that. Like, 
fuck? Is that just is, is that because he did a bad job? <laughs> that, yeah, you know, that, should have like like sanded it down a little bit. Is or? that a symbolism and him getting the vision, or is that actually just the metal in a shield? I, you know, I don't know. I didn't I didn't fully get what they wanted us to get there pro- on that moment. Yeah, that was weird. I thought I was hallucinating. Yeah, no, yeah, that was real. That happened. Um, How did you feel about um, the way they wrapped up the stuff with uh, Isaiah? I liked that. I, d- I did like that. I liked his character a ton, and I liked that actor. He was such so, so gravitas. But um, so I, I, that was fine. I, I, the trip to the museum was a little much. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It felt. I was I was happy it with that. It did. Cheesy. It was a little much. It was it was cheesy, but I enjoyed it. It aired on the right side, I think. You know. So that I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that a lot more than uh, Sam's speech to the senator and the I know in the public. That was just a little. At a certain point, I enjoy it, but it was too triumphant. Like I know it's like a superhero show, largely for kids and teenagers, but like there's no way that would work. <laughs> like I don't know if it's like why. No, no, don't be so hoorah-y about that. There's no way those, like, spineless politicians would ever listen to a single word you said. Or if they if they are going to listen to it, they're listening to it because they don't want other terrorist acts to go on. I don't know. So it was a little much. It was a little long. It was a little, you know, it was, I'm not, I read this somewhere, so it's not my own idea. But it was, you know, a little minor league sorkin lesser sorkin kind of like wanting i think sorkin would have written a better version of that speech but i don't know so yeah, that went on a little bit long and then the moments i i hated and i think you're gonna hate this too is when after he does sam does something saves the day and like that guy's like uh, that's black falcon yeah that's black falcon and the other guy's like no nah, oh, man it's captain, that's captain america. america we solved racism <laughs> we beat it we beat <laughs> i can't believe this friday we, we beat racism it's incredible uh, yeah it's a silly and i don't know i yeah i didn't like that moment i we could have i feel like i wouldn't have even liked that moment if they'd have stayed to the camera too long on like a black person like having that moment internally like if they had it like i, I feel like they could have done that in like for three seconds it have been awesome but like they would have done it for seven and it had been too much just like the dialogue was too much yeah I, it's just so on the nose i agree and like i mean like it's too i feel like it's marvel patting itself on the back too much yeah i just yeah i just made me think they didn't know what to do with this show like the entire arc of the show is basically how does Sam become Captain America? And how does Bucky kind of reckon? Well, we'll get to Bucky later. Yeah, okay. Like but that's like that like that's like the A plot of, you know, the 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 6-hour story, right? Like how does he fully embrace and own being Captain America? Yeah. And I think they we just had so much other stuff going on that I'm not sure they chose an effective way to do it. The scene with the helicopter and, again, the, this beginning whole fight scene, which is almost, you know, the whole episode feels like. It's probably only like 20 minutes of it, but it's long. It's, I've, it's definitely, I think it's it's a majority of the episode, I do think. Okay. Um, that just that just felt like it went on forever. It did. I, I don't know. That was not the most interesting of action set pieces. Now, I, I'll be honest with you, like, Falcon with the shield and with the wings is formidable. And very cool. 
but I still think he ought to have powers. <laughs> he needs to have super soldier serums. I don't know. I'm less, I'm less, I'm not really subscribing to that as much. I know. I know. I have one thing I did enjoy is the, the truck and the, when he kind of saves the truck. Yeah. That so was like, a I, good moment. I want to be super excited about Sam being Captain America. And I, and I kind of am. I believe there was one point that I would, I would call Sam, my, my favorite, my favorite Marvel character. Okay. But I, I don't, it's weird that like after the show, I don't think I will. I don't think I can. Yeah. Like after he, after he got his own show, I like him less. <laughs> That's not a good sign. Wow. I, things like the fact that they didn't have any money for the boat. And then all they do is then they ask people for help and they give them money for the boat. And that feels, I, mean, I, I enjoyed that. I mean, it is, it's too like, hoorayy and like trying to uplift us trying to make us feel feel like good about our community like a GoFundMe for them earlier before this <laughs> you know nobody thought like you know to do that well, that's the last know. episode yeah 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 but like they were in trouble since the first episode right yeah and like okay does he really he was a military contractor like former Avenger, and he has a Falcon suit thing. Is he really not making enough money to buy a stupid boat? Or like well, that, pay, that pay is the possibly thing? the statement that they're trying to make. That like yeah, but he's it's so, so unbelievable. Mu- That's he's, so unbelievable. I don't think it's that unbelievable. It is. Like, Google, like, what these guys, like, Google the amounts of millions of dollars we spend on, like, black ops and, like, mercenary stuff. Google it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that it, whole that felt unbelievable to me, uh, for the you know from the beginning, but, and, and then I didn't. I don't know. It just didn't. I don't know. I didn't like the series. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought you liked it last week. You were pretty positive about <laughs> it. I thought they could end it really well. I mean, I did like. And the, the last boat episode. stuff you're complaining about happened the last episode. <laughs> the episode that's your favorite. I know. I know. I don't. Okay, let's let's keep the conversation on this specific <laughs> episode, and then we can talk broadly about the whole show. Okay, that sounds good. Let's talk. Well, let's okay. Let's talk about Bucky. And what did you? How did you Bucky feel about Bucky? May his be my least thing? favorite part of the episode. I feel like he was sidelined a little bit and didn't really get the emotional path he wanted. That like when he admitted to the dad, to the to the Asian dad that we've been waiting for him to do since episode one, and knew he was going to do. Like I felt nothing. Yeah, and it was very, and they cut the the scene ended like we don't even hardly even see the guy's reaction, right? No, and then he walks to the bar and he's like happily talking to the like lady that Bucky went on a date with in the first episode. Yeah, so it's that was weird or not great, maybe. Um, I like Bucky, you know, I want him to be interesting. I'm not the world's biggest Bucky fan. Yeah, yeah, I'm more of a Sam guy. Yeah. I mean, they're. I mean, I like the fact that they're friends now. They're, they seem to be good together. I dig that. You know, they played off that element well. They had. We had our '80s freeze frame at the end of them <laughs> yeah. like being happy together, <laughs> jumping up in the air, like, <laughs> frozen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I I did like. I did like a moment. I mean, I think I liked it. I can't tell if I generally like, liked something on this or if it was just like, okay, that needed to happen and you did it and checked it off. So when he saves one of the representatives' lives, you know, and the guy's like, 
thank you for saving our life. And it registers on Bucky that, okay, this time, instead of, you know, hurting somebody who he helped to do bad things, that he actually is saving somebody who's innocent. Maybe he's innocent. I don't know if they're really innocent or not because they're trying to kick out all these refugees and we're against that, right? So maybe they're not innocent. But, you know, he had that moment of, oh, this is what it's like to help somebody versus punishing the bad. Yeah. So that, you know, needed to happen. That was a check mark, And I, I, I guess I kind of liked that. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed that as well. Yeah, I think the main things I liked about this episode, there's only just like, there's a couple scenes I enjoyed. Uh, Bucky, uh, not Bucky, sorry. Captain America's entrance into this. Like, I, I thought the suit looked cool. Yep. I, I, I'm excited to see Sam's Falcon in I the like future. Well. I think we'll touch on that later, the future of the character. Sam's Falcon? No, no longer. Because that is also one of the things I like, too. Yeah. How they changed the title at the end. That was neat. Oh, yeah. I think I knew that was going to happen, too. I'm sure you did. Um, but I enjoyed the kind of ending of of John's involvement in the show, where like he becomes, they say the name U.S. Agent, you were talking about last week, how they, <laughs> I'm U.S. Agent. No, I think they did it well. He's going to continue to work for the, I don't know if he's working for the government, continuing to work for Julie uh, Louis Dreyfus. Who I liked again. I liked what she's doing with that. I like what they're doing with that character. I like the fact that she was sitting with a wife, you know? Like, it's just like a family job thing. I liked his reaction to the end of it, you know? They have this, like, really long shot. And, like, he's just, like, kind of moving his body a little bit. He's, he's like, excited. He's, like, proud to get this new job. You know, he's got a second chance. I kind of, I dug that. Yeah, like, he's, uh, I'm back in the game. Yeah, exactly. And the wife celebrating, too. They're right. all kind of... Like, I felt that that is a good way. That is a complex and interesting character. Yeah, I think with the salary he's making, he can easily afford to buy a, a, a boat. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I, I earned that. <laughs> uh, so I did like that. I, I like what they're doing. And I th- it would be fun to see what, her, what he and uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus do in the future. Madam Hydra, or whatever, Val, or whatever the heck her name is. <laughs> Um. So yeah, let's think. There's so I wish there was more to discuss about the actual <laughs> happenings of this episode, but there really isn't. Like it's finding. I mean, I'm finding hard things to say. Like we we had the stuff with Batrock and shot in the face. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. I didn't. He was an MMA act, uh, guy. I don't know if you knew that or not. I didn't. No, know I, I knew that. Okay. So there's a scene where, like, so they save the, uh, Sam saves the van from crashing down, and everybody's hanging around down in the bottom of this area, and he shoots these, like, um... A Red Wing mini drones? No, not Sam. Batrock. Ah. Shoots fog, basically. Oh, yeah. I forgot. So why didn't he just shoot, like, a weapon? Like, the fog worked perfectly. Like, it completely, like, nobody was responded. They were all, it just made fog. And so the Flag Smashers got away. I don't know. It feels like instead of the, the smoke machine, he could have just shot it like a missile or something. And <laughs> like, it would have been equally as successful. Or bullets. Yeah, or bullets. Like, I don't know. It's Things like that started to bother me. Yeah, I, did, I honestly did not find the action in this episode all too interesting. No, or all too inventive. Reminds yeah. me of the first episode. I liked, I did like, I, first of all, I like that Sam got, that he was beaten by Carly. Because I think a super soldier will beat a normal person even when they have 
a vibranium shield and wings pretty much every day. At least that's what we showed. He lost to a teenage girl, you know. But I did like there was one cool move in that where she hit him and he, he blocked her with the shield and then used the wing to like reinforce himself on the concrete. That was kind of cool. But then later they did something really that bothered me at the time and it bothered me even more this time. Oh, I'll watch it again. He's flying like over low over the water and he dips a wing in the water for no reason, I guess. It kind of looked cool, but like when you, if you're flying something and then you dip a wing in the water, like it slows down the speed of that wing. And this wing is still going fast. So basically you turn in a circle or you just collapse down into the water. <laughs> and he did that and like nothing, there was no change in his flight pattern whatsoever. Like there was, like that bothered me. Were and you if, watching? I, if the story was so much, like if it was in, like that kind of stuff wouldn't have bothered me if I was already caught up in everything else and enjoying the heck out of it. Well, yeah, that's kind of what I was about to say. Like, were you watching it this second time, just looking for things not to like? I wasn't though. I wasn't. I was like, let's 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 watch this again. And again, I did. Like, there were times during this. Again, we're just talking about this episode. But there, no, there you, can, you can say what you're going to say. Where I did really like it and liked where it was going. I guess I just wanted more and better and deeper. Tell me more about the cool idea of like getting rid of borders. I'm down with that. <laughs> you know, like let's. I don't know. I don't know. That's the bottom line. Okay. So yeah, that's really all we got to say. Let's talk. Let's get into predictions now. Okay. Actually, no. Let's let's touch on Zemo. A little bit. Okay. Because yeah. we see after the flag smashers are taken, the guards like one world, one people, and that makes me think like, oh, the flag smashers are going to continue on, they're going to escape, or something like that. And they're right. And what had, what did you when that happened? What did you feel? I felt they were going to carry on. And well, how did you feel about that? I, I don't know. Okay. I felt, so I was excited about that. I was like, all right, cool. There is still some flag smasher left, and we're not going to kill all these super soldiers right now. And then we have, what is it? Is Baron Zemo's limousine driver? Is that what you said? Is Butler, Butler. or something? Is Alfred. Is Alfred. So he has gone into the van, planted explosives, and blows it up? Mm-hmm. And I, d- I did enjoy that scene where, like, Zemo's hearing about in the prison, and he, like, lays down in the bed, happily listening to it. Yeah, he's got that, he's got that good that. smile on he his win- face. He wins in the end. Yeah. I, so I like that. I like that Zemo had that moment. I guess I was more excited for what the future might hold with these other super soldiers, but I don't think we're, I guess we're not going to get that. Uh, what did you think about the flag smashers running into Captain America or the former Captain America? And was this Bucky or Sam? Who does what? Who like they, they run, they, they give the Lincoln quote. You know, and they're arre- they arrest all those the rest of the flag smashers because I guess they said, "Hey, come over here on the app." Oh yeah, and they're like, "Hey, great app." I think that might have been Bucky. It might have been Bucky, and no. but no, and you know, U.S. agent was there too. Yeah, so I I did like the yeah, it's a, it's a good quality. Not when you use that. Yeah, so I guess I don't know, it just felt weird they were so buddy buddy so quickly again after all that happened. Um, well, no, I didn't feel that about him saying, but not when you say it. What? <laughs> well, you, it said, you said they, they were too buddy-buddy, and I didn't feel that way. Okay. I, I felt that that was Bucky shutting him down, like, you're not, you don't get to quote Lincoln. 
Yeah, but they were, I mean, it was like playful jab, jab, you know, ha ha, wink, wink. I didn't feel that way. I've seen it twice. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. Well, clearly, with your not knowing what the flag smash is about, I paid attention more. That's a good point. So so when they come in, that that, that, that felt fine to me. A little bit anticlimactic, I guess, but I don't know what I would have wanted. So well, yeah, so what's gonna happen? Yeah, uh, let's let's start with our in credit scene. Both of our in credit scene, but our in credit predictions were wrong. Oh yeah, what did we predict? One with Dreyfus, what Madame Hydra, and one with Zemo. Well, didn't but, we get? Uh, is there only just there's one mid credit scene and that's it? Yep. Okay. Well, I feel like that that other scene with U.S. Agent that could have been very easily a mid or end credit scene. And I guess the scene with Zemo in the prison. Could easily have been. Yeah, I think it's just a matter that that would serve the same purpose. But anyway, so yeah. So what did you think about the uh, end credits? About the the power broker? I felt a little not exciting. I don't know. The power broker doesn't terribly interest me. But maybe with Sharon getting these different like resources and her being more involved in this universe, I, I, I imagine it could be turned interesting. That whole power broker aspect was one of my least favorite parts of this show as a whole yeah i'm not even sure what what was what was she doing this whole time so she she made the flag smashers super soldiers yeah and apparently they were working with them beforehand to do what that's what that's that's my question what is a power broker i think he wants to just just money because that's boring she wants to i don't know i mean it seems like her and uh i'm trying to think her and the flag smashers were i think in agreement ideologically and like obviously sharon would want to get revenge so i think she wanted the the power and rule this new world while flag smashers just wanted to help it okay i'll buy that i like that so now she's gonna have uh just now he's gonna be able to use shield or sword or whatever organizations he's gonna be working for as weapons who do you think she was talking to on the phone? I don't know. It seemed like potential buyers, maybe. No, not to me. It seemed like she was talking to an associate about setting up meetings with potential buyers. But not. it didn't sound like she was talking to a buyer so much. Because she oh, was yeah, like, no. you know, hey, I'm going to have... Sorry, I can't do super soldiers, you know, but look, look what we got. You know, let's, let's figure out where we're going to sell this stuff to. We got access to new stuff. I heard one theory that maybe she's going to be a villain of the Armor Wars show because the Armor Wars. This sounds like a reality show. <laughs> the Armor Wars. Yeah, it's like a storage wars. <laughs> exactly. Like, this is what you're. This or is like what's that in your armor. by fire. Like, instead, people are just going to be in armor and, like, people are going to hit them with things. And, like, how oh, that one. That, that one didn't work. You're dead. <laughs> <laughs> You've lost. But no, the Armor Wars event in the comics is about, like, a uh, hammer. Justin Hammer gets some of Iron Man's like weaponry and technology, and then now everyone has it. I think like the blueprints get out, so everyone's there's a bunch of different villains with Iron Man suits now. Oh, that's and it's possibly that similar thing could be done with Sharon getting on this Shield technology out. That well, that's kind of cool. We've said several times like if. <laughs> Uh, Falcon has this wingsuit. How come everybody doesn't have this wingsuit? We can build more. And I also heard some people, maybe she's a scroll. A 13 or like the power broker? Yeah. 
I guess anybody could be. Yeah, and that she's using those weapons for the scroll cause. Getting higher up in the the ranks of power in the world. But I don't think that makes any sense. I don't know how I feel about that. I prefer that, the that I prefer the armor wars thing. It really kind of feels like what whatever they're doing in the the other parts of the MCU with Samuel L. Jackson on that ship, you know, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. What else is going to go on in outer space? Uh what do you think this means for the other two? Don't we have two other TV shows coming up pretty soon in the Marvel Universe? Uh, Loki and Hawkeye. And, and uh, I do believe, and Miss Marvel. Those all heard this year. Oh, wow. Okay. And you really like this better than WandaVision? Uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, I like, I mean, I, we love Winter Soldier and Civil War. I love Winter Soldier especially. Yeah. It's like I, this part of the Marvel Universe is something I'm interested in. Yeah, I am too. I am too. I, I think I just, I don't know. And episode four to me is so good. Like it may be carrying the whole show for me. I might need to watch that again. Remind me which one that happens. What That's happens? the one that ends with U.S. agent killing the guy. Oh, that was a really good episode. So, yeah. all right. So I guess that's all we can say about uh, Sharon. Let's talk about what's next for Julie Louis Dreyfus's character. Uh, so, uh, I, I have I'm having trouble mixing up what like the, what I see online is fact and what has actually been disclosed in the episodes. They have not said the words Madame Hydra, correct? No. She is just that long name, the Countess, blah, 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 right? Yeah. But you know, and everybody else knows that she is Madame Hydra, right? Yeah. Or is that is that a definite kind of thing? Yeah. So what does that mean? Tell me. I, I don't really know what, what she's so, going to be doing. So Madame Hydra is like a, she worked, worked with S.H.I.E.L.D. She had a relationship in the comics with Nick Fury and was also actually kind of working for Hydra, but also kind of actually working for the Russian government. She's a double, triple agent. Somebody in one of the articles I read is, described her as a much darker Nick Fury. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing as well. And maybe that's going to be a role in the MCU. She's going to be like the anti-Nick Fury. Have you heard of this group called the Thunderbolts? No. So I don't really know what it is. But besides, think of it as like a anti-Avengers, like the, the group of villains, the, the Legion of Doom. Okay. Run by possibly, I imagine, Thunderbolt Ross. Because it's called the Thunderbolts. Okay. But Thunderbolt Ross is the person that runs the raft. Okay, that's the cool so prison. I think Zemo, Zemo is a member of the Thunderbolts in the comics. Okay. And I think Abomination is also held in that center, so maybe that's how they meet. But it also could be that she is gathering up with these Thunderbolt characters. We have a U.S. agent, and if she appears in Black Widow, maybe Taskmaster could join. Uh, that could be cool, because she says to U.S. agent, like, things are going to be getting very interesting around here. You know, we don't need a Captain America. We need a U.S. agent. So I guess a darker kind of version makes sense. It could be fun. Yeah. One one thing that I think would be a cool storyline to bring up in possibly Captain America 4 is maybe like Falcon is unaware of what's going on with U.S. agent. And like he sees U.S. agent like killing people and being like the darker Captain America as opposed to his Captain America. And maybe he gets like mad that... Basically, the government is doing this behind his back to kind of keep the the Captain America legacy clean as they do evil government military stuff with the U.S. agent. Right, use him as I'm sure most governments would is you know propaganda. 
Like this is the face, this is the good thing, and then we're behind the scenes, they're doing the bad stuff. Yeah, right. and and maybe less than what Captain America does, maybe get some racial issues into that while they're they're sending U.S. agent to do the real Captain America work. Right. I liked the the right the way they handled the racial elements in this. I like that they brought it up. I like they confronted it. I like they kind of you know made it part of the essence of the show because I don't see how you can't. Yeah, no, you couldn't do the show without it. I mean, I, mean, I guess they could have. I guess we do it in lots of other things, but I'm glad it was a part of this show. And, like, I mean, it's confronting some actual, like, opinions. Because after Endgame, when the shield was, the mantle was being handed off to Sam, there were people that, like, t- stupid SJWs, Marvel gone <laughs> woke. <laughs> right. All those idiots. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, Captain America 4. So they announced that on the day that this was released, on Friday. Yeah, because so. apparently they expect everyone to watch it on midnight when it comes out. <laughs> I'm sure some, sure some did. Uh, do you get a sense if the people are, were pleased with the show or not pleased with the show, or do you know? Or I think people liked WandaVision more. I feel like WandaVision was, became more part of like the zeitgeist with people talking about it on Twitter, probably because it is a mystery show and there was more involvement that fans could have. I'll buy, yeah, I buy that. So I don't know what the, what the, what the say is, on what the verdict on whether this is good or not. I think the verdict is that it is... It is good. I think. I think people are more positive on it than maybe yeah. you or even me are. I am. Yeah, I've seen reaction. I've seen people say, this is an amazing show. And I've seen like people like, this is the stupidest show ever. And I, it's somewhere in between for me. I mean, some people think it's like a... Just like introduces these different like deeper subjects and kind of like glosses over them so they can get credit for being politically correct. Yeah, I don't. I don't get that sense. I hope, uh, either I hope, do I. Yeah, I just think that we probably didn't have time to go into things further. But anyway, it was a fine show. I'm glad and I enjoyed. This is regardless of the quality show. I loved watching it with you and and Peggy, and I loved talking about it. Peggy Carter, you loved watching it with <laughs> Peggy Carter with Agent Carter. That's what that's what I call your mom now. <laughs> Hello, Agent. <laughs> Salute. <laughs> exactly. Um. So I'm I'm glad we watched the show, and again I thought it was pretty good. I, I liked Wanda better, mainly for the mystery and the surprise. And I feel like this didn't have too many surprises. Let's uh, let's bring up I guess the one other thing this show kind of sets up, and that is the uh, the kind of Sam's sidekick has been the show the Air Force person becoming Falcon to. Sam's Captain America. Oh yeah, that's right. Because he has the old wings, right? Or is there more to it? That, he has the old. He does up? have the old wings. Yeah, and that, he becomes Falcon in the comics as well. So that could be fun. What does Bucky do it then? I don't know, saving people. I imagine will still be involved. Yeah. But you you think? Um, but that other guy is going to kind of be the main sidekick. Is that is that what happens? Maybe. Maybe I thought they'd give us something more concrete about that. In this he episode. wasn't in it very much, but the moments that he was in, I liked him. The actor is likable, and the character seems, you know, seems likable. Yes. So we'll see. That could be mildly exciting, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like yeah. I just, I wish this was a more of a home run for me. Uh, I agree. 
I, I don't, I think my level of enthusiasm has waned for the future things in the MCU. However, I have a feeling that will be very short lived as kind of the Black Widow, more of Black Widow stuff comes out and gets ready to go. That's the next thing, right? That, no, Loki is the next thing. Loki is the next thing. All right. So, yeah, I'm, yeah I, I, I am excited for Loki. So. I should have verified this, but like, I don't know how many episodes Loki are. So, I don't know if it's going to line up that like Loki comes out the day black a loki episode comes out the day black widow comes out oh that could be fun double feature that really could be fun i liked how agents of shield series straddled civil war and like what happened in the movie affected what was happening the the rest of the season of agents of shield i thought that was pretty cool yeah that's i think the first the first season of agency would like dramatically changes post winter soldier right yeah i think so if i remember correctly uh, i think i watched that season yeah, I can't remember if it was the first season or not, but one of the seasons def- definitely did. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, no, I'm excited. Loki, I mean, that's that's fun. It's a fun character. It and the premise seemed pretty cool yeah. as well. So, Do we want to uh, rank Falcon the Winter Soldier episodes? Uh, I am. Yeah, we certainly can. How about you forced me to do on-the-fly best picture rankings, on-the-fly Falcon <laughs> okay. the Winter Soldier episode rankings. All right, sounds good. All right, so... Off the cuff, I'm going to say, I think my favorite episode is probably the same as what you said yours was, is episode four, The Whole World is Watching. I love that action at the ending. I love the brutality of the death. I love the uh, what it did to the storyline. Uh, I think that whole episode was was pretty darn awesome, actually. And then I think I actually liked the... Uh, the one before it and the one after. I think three, four, and five are kind of my favorites, actually. Um, and two, I thought, did a good job of introducing uh, the new Captain America. I liked that kind of thing. So I would say if I had to rank them, I would say four, five, three, two, six, one. All right. So I'm going to rank it from least to best. Okay. So I'll say episode one. Okay, I think so it's my least favorite. We agree on that. So neither one of us were terribly excited about the pilot. Okay. No. I guess no. it's not really a pilot. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It didn't really feel like an episode of television. The action wasn't that interesting. The character stuff, especially with Bucky, and kind of Bucky this whole show, hasn't been terribly interesting. I think afterward, I'll save this episode. Episode six. Um, I don't know. It's just... Yeah, for the reasons we've been talking about on this podcast. It's <laughs> underwhelming. Character stuff is interesting. I'm excited for the future of the Marvel Universe. I think both episode one and both episode six get us. Both episode one and both episode six. <laughs> episode one and six both do a good job of getting us excited, but I don't think their episodes are actually that quality. After that, maybe Boogie Shoes. Uh... Three. Three. I think I'll go three after that. Uh, the action was better. Once again, the whole, the stuff in Madripoor, I didn't like. I didn't find it visually interesting, kind of in the same way. The fight in this episode was all kind of just like city, same colors. Right. And I, I just didn't find Madripoor that interesting. I didn't think Zemo was that powerful, although he kind of fixed that. I, I'll go with episode five after that. Truth. Um, Actually, I I quite enjoyed this. I I enjoyed this episode. It's on the positive half. I liked Sam kind of 
training. I like the the character moment with Bucky. I liked the, even though it kind of went a little overboard, the stuff with John Walker. I think afterward, I'll say episode two. Episode two has got me excited, mainly with that introduction of U.S. Agent and kind of getting to know about that character and really getting introduced to that character for the first time. I, I, I found that interesting. I found that episode, I found that I enjoyed that part of the episode. Although, like, all of these episodes have stuff, like, I can nitpick on. Like, the, the therapy scene in episode two. Yeah, that went on forever. That made no sense either. Yeah, if I could, I could cobble together beautiful things from each episode and have an awesome series. Yes, and I, we could also cobble together bad things from each episode and have a terrible series. That's true. Uh, my favorite episode, which you already know, is episode four. You can go listen to the episode four podcast to see how much I enjoy this episode. I think it's just nonstop interesting character moments in action, and boy, do I love John Walker. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah, so we agree on the, our favorite episode, and we agree on our least favorite episode also. Yes, and by the way, boy, do I love John Walker, the character, not his actions. <laughs> I like <laughs> how interesting go. that character is and how funny he is to hate as a villain. Yeah, it's got a lot of depth there and a lot of, again, some good stuff can happen in the future with that character too. I'm excited about it. I'm glad the character is moving on to the rest of the thing. Um, all right, well, I think that kind of winds us up for this episode and the yeah, I can't believe we have a month to Loki. I'm sure we'll find something. We're gonna to need. Do. We need to find stuff to record podcasts about each week. There's not. There's a plethora of things to find. And speaking of things to find and talk about, what are you reading? Uh, we I can am, talk about what we're reading in the books more in depthly too. I I'm reading uh, the Franz Kafka book. I'm reading the Salmon series. I also started uh, I Hunt Killers by Barry Liga. It's part of this book project we're doing in LA. It is one that our group chose from our schools library it's pretty interesting so far i find maybe it's a little too y-a-e but not that much and also it follows it makes me think of the little things which we talked about on this podcast and how the it's a serial killer uh book it has to do with a a kid whose father was the most prolific serial killer now there's been another serial killer in this small town so he in his mind he believes he has to solve this murder before the town accuses him because the apple doesn't fall far from the tree but i and I brought the little things because it's using a lot of uh, ser- it, serial killer cliches and stereotypes of the of the genre, and maybe not in terribly inventive ways. There's a there's a uh, fame lusting reporter in there, which I feel like doesn't represent the best things about our 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 journalists, and maybe that's not the not the best character to have right now. Uh, yeah, other than that, there's some serial killer type stereotypes, but I'm I'm enjoying it so far. All right, cool. Uh, I finished Angel's Game, and it was really, really good. It was not as good as Shadow of the Wind, uh, but it's very similar and excellent. And now I am reading Crooked Hallelujah by Hallelujah <laughs> by Kelly Joe Ford, who is a Cherokee writer, and it's awesome. It's a short. It's a novel in short stories. So it started off actually as a collection of stories, and I think our editor was like, "Well, there's some similarities here in these. Maybe we can add a few more." And it's following uh, three generations of Cherokee women, and uh, because it's a novel and short stories, like each one is kind of self-contained, and then the next story doesn't necessarily build off of the previous one, or like, maybe 20 years will pass, and we'll have a story and it has some of the same characters. 
Uh, and it's really fun, and it's incredibly well-written. Like little little vignettes, maybe, is how to describe it, or is that inaccurate? Some of them are short enough to where I might call them vignettes. Most of them are a little bit longer and just kind of feel like complete stories. And then we'll move on. Like you might see a character A, a story told from a character character A who's like an eight-year-old girl, and the story will follow that adventure and then the next story is that character A, no longer an eight-year-old girl, but a 35-year-old woman with a girl of her own. And so it, that, that's kind of the structure of it. And it's really interesting, and it's good. And it's, it, she's a good writer. It's really fun to, fun to read so far. So I've been diving into that, and about well, a little less than halfway done with that. So hopefully by next podcast, I will be. All right. All right, those. Thank you That's so much good. for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. We enjoyed watching Fal- yeah, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and now the Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, we're gonna go and groan at some Oscars red carpet, and then we're gonna actually see the winners and watch the ceremony. That's I'm right. Sorry. We're gonna see who got more right. I'm so very excited. I am too, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy your evening or your afternoon or whenever you're listening to this, and thank you for listening. Until we meet again, bye. Thank you for listening to the Owls on Culture podcast. Our theme music was recorded and assembled by Marine Sozier and Antoine Blanc. The show is produced by Pinecone Turkey. To learn more about Pinecone Turkey, visit pineconeturkey.com, where you can read the latest blog posts from the Owls on Culture hosts and sign up for the Flock email, a twice-a-month newsletter that delivers a short film, poetry, a short story, and visual art right to your inbox. It's your monthly dose of art curated by Pinecone Turkey. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by leaving us a rating on iTunes. Thanks for listening.